Hey guys, welcome to the Fellowship Greenville Students Podcast. This week, Dallas Greenway continues our new series, Stretch, talking about how we can learn to stretch our faith. Dallas talks about how our faith can be stretched by trying something new. We look at Romans 12, verses 1 through 2, and how it says to present ourselves as living sacrifices. As we sacrifice our lives to God, He's making us more like Jesus. Dallas talks about how we can use the FGS 12 practices to help us try something new to stretch our faith. 12 daily and weekly practices that help us to live our lives that reflect how Jesus lived. We hope you enjoy this message. Guys, welcome back. This is week two of Stretch. If you missed the first week, well, you, missed, you missed the first week, right? This is a series about stretching our faith, how God stretches our faith, and some of the things and ways that he's invited us into uh, in order to stretch our faith as well, grow our relationship with him. And so last week, we really started off, uh, part of what we said was that there are two main ways that God tends to stretch our faith. And one of those is actually that he brings in or allows circumstances and situations in our life where he stretches our faith. They feel like tests. They feel like trials. Sometimes they're a little easier than other times. Sometimes there's uh, some pain or struggle involved, but God uses all those things, works all things together for his glory and for our good. And so he uses even situations like right now where we're still dealing with the COVID stuff and we're we're now everything's like ramping up for this whole political, uh, you know, for the election and stuff in November and maybe your house, like you, you feel like your parents just don't stop talking about politics and all this stuff. And you're like, I didn't even know you guys knew who was president, right? Like where'd this all come from? But God's, God can use even the craziest of circumstances and situations uh, to grow us, to stretch our faith. That's actually what JJ is gonna be talking a little bit about next week. So make sure you uh, come back. He's gonna be teaching next week and closing out our stretch series. The other way that God tends to grow our faith is actually the things that he invites us into or the ways of life, the the practices, the rhythms uh, that he invites us into and he uses those things to stretch our faith. So simple things like Bible reading or prayer, things that you are super familiar with, maybe something that wouldn't first come to your mind, but even what God does in our relationships with other people in, in community with each other, uh, how he uses even the times where, where you are resting and, and being quiet. Uh, we're gonna talk about those things a little bit more today. Uh, the things that God invites us into where he, he stretches our faith if we are willing to step into them. So before we uh, get into all that, go ahead and turn your Bibles to Romans chapter 12. That's where we're gonna be this morning. Just two verses, Romans chapter 12, one and two. And again, we're, we're talking about these things that God invites us to step into and that when we do, somehow he meets us there and he uses those things, those, those people, those, uh, those situations, those rhythms of life to stretch our faith. And I don't think that it's too far off to say that stretching or growing our faith is in some ways like getting better at some of the things that you guys are, are striving to get better at or you really would love to get better at. And here's what I mean, right? Maybe you are a soccer player or insert your sport here, right? But if you want to get better at soccer, it doesn't just happen by you like sitting at home and watching YouTube videos of your favorite soccer player, right? Like you're not just, okay, I'm gonna watch Lionel Messi or whoever your favorite soccer player is. I'm gonna watch how they do it, how he or she does it. And then I'm, all of a sudden I'm just gonna go outside and I'm gonna be this miraculous soccer player after watching hours and hours of my favorite soccer, play, soccer player 
play, right? That's not exactly how it works. Like, no, you, you need to take maybe what you saw on YouTube or TV and you, you go out and you actually practice for hours and hours yourself and you play in games and then you go do some more practice and you get better at your footwork, you run sprints. Like, there's a lot more into it than just that one piece, right? Maybe game film is part of it, but there's a lot more to it that you actually have to, have to live into. And as you do that, as you start to practice for hours and hours, maybe like you never did before, as you, you know, start to run sprints after practice, maybe something that you never did before, you're gonna have to sacrifice, right? Like if you've never practiced for hours during a week, like you're gonna have to find space to make those hours. And maybe it means like now, instead of playing video games for hours and hours every week, you're gonna be doing soccer, right? There's sacrifices. If you're staying after practice, it means that your mom or dad is gonna to have, to, have to wait for you and you may miss some, some hangout times with friends. Like there's gonna be sacrifices if you wanna go after being the best at soccer or whatever your sport is. Maybe your thing is video games, right? And you're like, I just wanna be the best gamer of all time, right? And you think that just by watching YouTube videos or you watch uh, Twitch or whatever it is, your favorite streamer, you're like, if I just watch all the things that they do, then I'm gonna become the best just like that. Isn't that how it works? But it's not. Literally, I mean, this is kind of crazy, especially to parents in the room. You'll be like, why do they do this? But the best game, the best video gamers, you guys know, if you watch them, they spend like eight, 10 hours a day playing their favorite video game, their video game of choice, in order to get, like, to be the best at that video game, right? It's kind of insane. But that, that's what they do. And so if you're ever going to get any better at your video game, I'm not saying you should necessarily do this and go after this, but you need to actually spend time playing and you need to actually think when you're playing the game and, and strategize and you need to keep up on everything that's been nerfed or buffed. And you know what I'm talking about if you are a video gamer, right? If you don't, you're like, what, buffed? Like in the gym, just forget it, okay? But the point is, if you wanna get good at that sport or good at that video game, if you wanna get good at a, another subject in school, right? You're like, man, I love, this subject, but I'm not very good at it right now. Well, you don't just, you know, watch a YouTube video and all of a sudden you're a big brain. Like, no, you have to put in hours of study and you might have to have one-on-one now over Zoom time with your teacher, right? Like, you're going to have to put in extra time and make space in your already busy day. Your life is going to have to reorder and reshuffle in order for you to truly go after getting better at that thing, becoming more knowledgeable about that subject, there's gonna be sacrifices along the way. And in some way, shape, or form, I do think that that's what our faith is like. Remember last week, one of the things that we said is that Christians, our, our Christian life of following Jesus, our life should look different than the life of somebody who is not a Christian, right? There should be things in our life, rhythms, ways about how we live, how we treat people, how we talk, how we think that are different from the rest of the world. This challenging picture kind of comes to my mind, but if, if somebody was to, it'd be really creepy if they did this, but if they followed you around for a week with a drone, right? You know, like one of those little drones with a camera on top, and they're like following you around. You just, now, after that week, that, that sound is stuck in your head, but they're following you around with a drone, and you, who, you know, you, you call yourself a Christian, if this is you, they follow you around for a week, record everything you're doing, maybe they have insight to your thoughts or something too, and then they compare that to, they follow somebody who's not a a Christian around with a drone, would there be differences between your lives when they go back and look at that footage? And that's challenging for me because I think in some areas I'd be like, yeah, sure. And then, but if you really test me, you're like, like everything? 
mm, I'm not sure that I could say that yet. And so if you're right there in, in the same boat as me, good, we're, we're like, we're in this thing together, right? That's kind of how it's supposed to, supposed to be. But we are, we are called to a life that in really every way, as we're gonna see the Apostle Paul say, our life is meant to look different, right? This is part of, part of what it means to follow Christ and that as our life, as we are stepping into the ways of Jesus, that somehow in there, God is stretching, growing our faith. So let's look in Romans chapter 12, verses one and two, and just for a little bit of context, remember Romans, last week we were in Romans as well, but in a different chapter, and this is written by the apostle Paul. Remember, Paul went from somebody who was killing Christians, like that was his mission, to somebody that that Jesus miraculously encountered. He went from killing Christians to being a Christian and being a huge part and piece of what God used in the early church to to start churches and to, uh, to see many people come to faith in him. And then eventually Paul goes on and he writes about half of what we now have in our Bibles as the New Testament, right? So we're in Romans chapter 12. You're gonna see a word in the very first couple of words. That word is therefore, all right? Everybody say therefore. Therefore, that's a word that you should really start implementing in your vocabulary a little bit, all right? And anytime you see therefore, here's kind of your Bible reading lesson for the day. Anytime you see therefore in the Bible, you need to ask, what's it? Therefore, that's right, Missy, good job. A Bible, Bible teacher in here. Uh, you need to ask, what's it there for? And most of the time, the reason that that word is there, it is there for you to remember everything that has come before it, okay? Not like everything literally in the Bible, but in this case, it's you want to remember the things that happened in Romans chapters one through 11. That's a lot, right? So let me kind of sum it up. Romans kind of breaks down a little bit like Ephesians. If you remember a few months ago, we went through Ephesians, uh, parts of it. And remember Ephesians, the first three books or three chapters of Ephesians are about like doctrine, right? They're about, hey, this is what God's done. This is uh, who he is. This is who he's made you to be. That's the first three chapters of Ephesians. And then the last three chapters, there's only six chapters. It's a short book are, okay, so now what do you do with that? What, is, what are the practicals of that? And Romans is kind of similar. The first 11 books of the book of Romans, so if you go read it for yourself someday, maybe you'll do that this week. The first 11 books uh, or 11 chapters of the book of Romans are all about doctrine, theology. Who is God? Why did Jesus come? Uh, Who are we now in him, right? And really, Paul's gonna sum it up. We're gonna see here. It's all about God's mercy, It's all about God being merciful towards us. That's the first 11 chapters of the book of Romans. Now, chapter 12 starts for the next few chapters. Paul's talking about the practicals. So now, because of the first 11 chapters, because of what we know about God and and what he has done, now this is how we are called to live. Got that? Does that kind of make sense? Give me a thumbs up if that makes even some sense sense out there, okay? That's your, like, Bible, how to read, and specifically how to read Romans for today, okay? So, Romans chapter 12, this is the beginning of the practicals. Paul's talking about how to live, right? And we're talking about the ways to step into living like Jesus, the ways where God is going to stretch our faith. Here we go. Paul says, I appeal to you, here's our word, therefore, brothers, Sisters, family of God, right? I appeal to you, therefore, family of God, by the mercies of God, to present your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable to God, which is your spiritual worship. 
Do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewal of your mind, that by testing you may discern what is the will of God, what is good and acceptable and perfect. So let's walk through. We're going to start in verse 1. Just two verses. Shouldn't be too crazy for today. We're doing pretty good on time. I appeal to you, therefore, remember he's saying, hey, so he's pointing back to those first 11 chapters, and here's kind of how he sums it up. Brothers, sisters, he's talking to the family of God. By the mercies of God, he's, he's pointing back, and he's basically saying the first 11 chapters of this, of this book or of this letter for them reading it at the time, it's about God's mercy, which is what we just sang about, right? We just sang about your mercy, your mercy, and it's pointing back saying, God has been so good to us who deserved none of it. God has given us everything. He's given us life. He's given us himself, his son, Jesus, and we deserved none of that. In fact, we deserve the exact opposite. Yet God has been good to us. And so if God has been good, if God has been merciful and he has, then Paul, how shall we live Here's what he's asking. Here's what he's inviting the, these, these readers, original readers to, and ourselves. So if God's been merciful to us, if he's been good to us, here's how we are to respond in return. Present your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable to God, which is your spiritual worship. So what's he saying here? Present yourself as a living sacrifice, and in doing that, you are worshiping God. You are saying, thank you, God, for being so merciful, for being so good. So what in the world does it mean to be a living sacrifice? Here's what he's pointing to. Saying, give your bodies as a living sacrifice. Here's what he's saying. Now, everything that you do, everything, everything that you lay eyes on, and me, I'm including this, everything that we do, everything we lay eyes on, everything we touch, or do with our hands, every place we put our feet, the thoughts that run through our heads, the things that we listen to, the things that we put into our mouth and the things that come out of our mouth, right? All of it is meant to be a thank you to God. All of it is meant to be a thank you to God. So remember that drone thing, right? Following you around? Let's forget about the other person for now, right? But if that drone is following you or me around and it's able to capture all of that, right? Places we go, the things that we touch, the things we do with our hands, the things we say to our friends and the people who are not our friends, maybe even our enemies, the things that we think, the things that we put our eyes upon, the things that we Google on the internet, the things that we are checking out on social media. If the drone is capturing all of that, is all of that in your life and my life a thank you to God? Spiritual worship is what Paul calls it. A thank you. Thank you, God, for being so good and so merciful to me. That is the call upon our lives. Maybe when you read the sacrifice thing, right, you immediately thought, yeah, wait, didn't people have to sacrifice back in the day? Yeah, Old Testament, they had to sacrifice like birds and bulls and rams, right? And they had to do it every so often in order to keep in right standing with God. Why do we not have to do that anymore? because of Jesus, right? That's what Paul talks about in those first 11 chapters. And if you wanna read those this week, you'll get caught up on all that. But that we don't have to sacrifice birds or bulls or rams or any other kind of animal. And if you do wanna sacrifice an animal, you need to tell your small group leader that and, you know, don't tell me, that. I'm just kidding. But, but that, that, 
we, we don't have to sacrifice anymore because Jesus was the once and for all sacrifice, right? All those sacrifices in the Old Testament, they were just Band-Aids. They were all pointing to and waiting for Jesus to come and be the ultimate sacrifice. So Jesus comes and we do not have to sacrifice. We don't have to kill anything anymore because Jesus was the once and for all offering. But it's not just now you trust in and you believe in him. We talked about this before. It's not just that. And then one day you get to go to heaven and be with God. But now every day is meant to be a sacrifice, a living sacrifice. Remember how we talked about if you wanna be a better soccer player, be a better gamer, be a better whatever it is, you've gotta sacrifice something in order to live that kind of life. And maybe the sacrifice for us as Christians now is that, hey, if you're going to live into the ways of Jesus, it's actually gonna mean that you're not gonna live in other ways. If you're gonna spend time on things that are pure and holy and godly, it actually means you're gonna not spend time on things that aren't. There's going to be sacrifice involved. That's part of why Paul uses this language of a living sacrifice, right? So everything we do, all of us, every single day, every moment of every day is meant to be a thank you to God's spiritual worship. Verse two of Romans chapter 12 says, do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewal of your mind, that by testing you may discern what is the will of God, what is good and acceptable and perfect. So here's the interesting thing, that as you are living into the ways of Jesus, as you are living into this new way of life, and we're gonna talk about a little bit of what that looks like in just a minute, that what's happening is God is stretching your faith. He's growing you. He's renewing your mind. He's taking you through the scriptures and, and the Holy Spirit's working and pointing out things in your life and, and, and bringing scripture to your mind. He's making you new. He's renewing your mind. And that as you start to walk with God, and it's gonna be maybe two steps forward, one step back, three steps forward, two steps back. Like it's going to be a journey. It's going to be a walk. But that as you do it, he's making you more like his son, Jesus. He's stretching you. He's growing you. And that at some point, check this out, you can actually discern what is the will of God for you in moments of your life. That's crazy. Now, kind of two big ways we could talk about the will of God. Okay, some of you are like, I just wanna know what does God have for my future? I don't necessarily know that that means all of a sudden you're gonna know, oh, that person's gonna win the election, right? Or like, oh, that's the school I'm gonna go to. Like specifically, maybe, maybe God will reveal some of that to you. But this is more that as you walk with God, you're gonna understand, oh, that's how God has called me to actually love my brother or sister, Right? Or, oh, that's what God's called me to do in this tough situation. Or, oh, I can really trust him when the world is spiraling out of control. You're gonna be able to, to better understand the commands and the invitations of God. That's the kind of will of God that Paul's talking about here, right? So how do we start to live into this? Where should we, where should we start to maybe focus our time or take steps towards? I'm actually in this moment gonna bring up something that we talked about this summer. And if you're a sixth grader, you probably missed this. So it's good that we are talking about it again. If you're a seventh or eighth grader, maybe you've already forgotten this. So it's good that we're talking about it again. But it's what we call around here our 10 practices, right? These are 10 things that we see in some way, shape or form in the life of Jesus and we think that, man, if we, were to, if we really were to live a life like Christ, that these would probably be things that are included in that life. So here's the challenge. If any of what we're talking about and saying this morning is connecting with you, 
Here's what I want you to do as you see these 10 and as you talk about them in your small group is maybe grab one or two, or if you're an overachiever, three for the Trinity, and grab one, two, or three of these, and during your week this week, just try to implement them, right? And see what God does. See if he in any way, shape, or form stretches your faith. So we're gonna run through these real quick, so we wanna get you guys to small groups. Some of these are more like self-explanatory than others. If you need to talk more about these, I'm here after service, and your small group leaders are there for you as well. So let's run briskly through these 10 practices, okay? These 10 ways of Jesus, ways of life, rhythms that we believe God invites us into. And there could be so many more that we could put up here, but we've kind of boiled it, it down to 10 Uh, maybe more manageable ones. So build relationships, the first one. We are created for community. Reach out to someone every day to build and maintain strong relationships. This, I mean, we see Jesus spending time with people, right? Spending time with his closest bros, the disciples. And then from the 12 disciples, he had three disciples, right? And uh, so we see Jesus, relationships are a key piece of, of life. And so what we're inviting you guys to do, what we believe God's inviting us to do is make it more than just, oh yeah, I see that person on Sundays. Or like I see them at school a couple days a week. Like be intentional about this and and reach out. Maybe it's a phone call, maybe it's a FaceTime, maybe it's just like texting them, right? But asking them, hey, how are you doing? What's going on in in life? Like how's this week going for you? Maybe even if there's somebody doing the, the 10 practices with us, hey, which one of the practices did you go after this week and how's that going? So maybe you wanna just build relationships. That is easier for some than others. Pray daily. This is pretty self-explanatory, but we boil it down to, hey, would you just try to start praying like five minutes a day? If you're like, man, five, I could do 10. Great, do 10. If you're like, five, I could do one. Well, shoot for one, okay? Like this is not a, a super legalistic thing. So pray daily. Number three is to read the scriptures, And uh, this one is an invitation to read just one chapter a day, right? The point is like, just get yourself into the scriptures. So if you're like, one, I can read 10. All right, go for it. One, I could read like three verses. Go for that too, right? Uh, Number four is rest for your soul. This is just talking about how most of us are not experiencing real rest every week. And this is probably something you need to talk specifically like with your life uh, in your small group. But the whole idea here is like shut screens off, shut everything off, uh, be, be maybe outside or by yourself and really just you resting with God. Number five kind of goes along with that. It's practicing solitude. And this is just the idea that at some point during your week, you're getting away just you and God, okay? Just you and God, even just for like, 10 minutes, just you and God. This one, you may not even be reading your Bible necessarily, but you're just sitting with the Father. Number six is being in creation. This is one, I mean, God is the creator, right? And there's something special about intentionally getting outside in his world, even if it's just in your backyard for like 30 minutes, right? Actually, some scientists and studies are now saying that in order for us to be like healthy people, we need an hour outdoors every single day, right? Which is It's always awesome to me when we see like the world start to say, yeah, these are the things that we need. And you're looking at your Bible and you're like, yeah, that's what God's been saying forever, right? And so one of those things is being in creation. I didn't realize how much I needed this, okay? I've told you guys this before. There are people who are outdoors men and women. I am an indoors man. I'm not, an, I'm not an indoors woman, okay? But I'm an indoors man, and I didn't realize how much I need to be outside until uh, really all this COVID stuff. So it's been really refreshing for me. Number seven, remain responsible. This is an invitation to take care of your responsibilities. That's an act of worship to God. Can you believe that? 
Some of your parents are like, yes, I can. Uh, Number eight is participate in worship. So for you guys, that would be showing up on Sunday mornings. And if you can't show up, maybe you're tuning into the live stream. Did you know we do that every Sunday morning at nine o'clock on YouTube? Uh, Number nine is to practice restraint. So this may mean at some point you are like, hey, enough is enough of screen time and everything. Like I've got a limit every week or every day. Uh, or maybe it's a limit on other things that are good. For you, it might be food. That's probably something I need to practice restraint on, right? Or it's, uh, it's maybe you just, maybe you actually read too much. Anything good can become bad in excess, right? And anything good can become God in excess. So that's maybe something to think about. And then number 10, and then we'll send you to small groups, is to thank God daily, which is what we were talking about in Romans chapter 12, that all of our lives will be lived at living sacrifices as thank yous to God, right? That's good, so good. So again, the 10 practices, would you choose one or two of those to go after this week? And as you do, see how God stretches your faith. Let me pray for us and then we will go to our small groups, right? God, thank you for your word. Thank you for Uh, Paul and the ways that you used him, and specifically today for Romans chapter 12, verses one and two, and the challenge that comes with that. We pray that that you would, that you would invite us specifically. Maybe none of these 10 practices have stuck out to us. Uh, Would you help us to to find one or two of them to go after this week, though? And uh, God, would you meet us there? Would you stretch us? Would you grow us? Would you help renew our minds as we start to walk in the ways of Jesus. We love you, Lord. It's in his name we pray, amen.